This Acts chapter 27 and uh, pray for my throat. I want to preach both services if God will let me. Um, Lord willing, I've got a message for both, both services, but I stood over an air vent. I don't know why anybody puts a vent right behind a pulpit. Amen. Somebody say amen right there. That's a hard place to preach. And uh, you're cold up here and hot at your feet. Or, I mean, I'll get that right. You're hot up here and cold at your feet. And uh, sometimes it'll get your throat. So uh, pray for us that God will uh, touch us and help us uh, have a throat today uh, to be able to preach. Acts chapter 27. And the Lord spoke to me this week three times about this passage of Scripture. I kept trying to uh, go a different route. I wanted to preach a, a message uh, this morning that, uh, that just really has been burning in my heart for weeks. But... God just kept bringing this passage of Scripture back to my mind, and so I believe God's going to do something great this morning. Acts chapter 27 and verse, uh, verse number 9. The Bible said, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the landing and of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship, more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And verse 13 says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. And then in verse number 21, the Bible says, But after long abstinence, well, let me get verse number 14, But not long after there arose against a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. Verse 21, But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told of me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. Verse number 42. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they, would, could, that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on pieces of broken of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence once again, Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy this morning, we come in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for that name that is above every name. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the cross of Calvary. And we thank you this morning for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of every one of us that are saved. And I pray this morning now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'll touch us spiritually and physically. Lord, I pray that God, you'll give us that ready turn of thought and mind. God, I pray you'll illuminate our heart and our mind this morning. Lord, help us to say only the things that you would have us to say. I pray you would be magnified. I pray that your son would be glorified and the church would be edified. I ask you, Lord, this morning, morning to save the lost, reclaim the backslid. God, I pray that you'd warm every heart this morning. Lord, I, when we leave this place, may we leave saying it's been good to be in the house of God. Lord, do something in our hearts today. Help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word. Bless the invitation hour, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse number nine here. 
Uh, and I want you to notice some things in this text this morning by way of introduction. I want you to notice, first of all, though that uh, in verse number 9, that the weather was very dangerous. As the Bible says in verse number 9, that when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. Now, it does not take a rocket scientist, if you're reading uh, Acts chapter 27, to find out, along with the apostle Paul, that it was not good conditions for these men to to take off and to sail from their uh, des- from where they were at to the destination that they were headed in. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Because in verse number seven, the Bible says, and when they had sailed slowly many days and scarce were come and, uh, over against uh, Snidus. And then in verse number eight, the Bible said, and hardly passing it. So there is scripture there that proves uh, that as these men was fixing to take set sail, the weather was giving them some trouble. And you know a lot of times in life that's the way it is. We find ourselves as we go through troubles and we go through trials. uh, uh, The weather's not always like it is out there this morning. Uh, Sometimes there's trouble. The wind blows harder. Uh, Sometimes there's storms that comes in our life. And so these men uh, were sailing from one point to another, uh, finding it very difficult to to sail the waters uh, uh, that they was going on. And so the weather was very dangerous. Then I noticed in verse number 10, that the warning that Paul gives them was divine. That it wasn't just what Paul said, but it was what God had spoken to Paul about. The Bible says that Paul said unto them, Sirs, I pre- he admonishes them and he says, I perceive that the voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the landing of the ship, but also of our lives. Amen. I want to say thank God for a preacher that will give a warning when we need one. Amen. And that's what Paul is doing here. Uh, Paul is sending out a warning to these men uh, that we better not set sail uh, because it's going to bring a lot of damage to the ship and a lot of damage even to our own lives. Amen. You know, sometimes a pastor and many times a pastor will get up and preach and there's things he knows and there's things he does not know. And there are things that also the Holy Ghost tells him. Everything that a preacher knows is not hearsay. Now what I mean by that doesn't mean he heard it from another member. It means God spoke to him and God told him what to say. Amen. It means that he can perceive and he can see uh, the, he can see the trouble that's coming in people's lives down the road. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul is doing here. He's got great discernment and perception. If you walk with God, uh, God will turn the light on and God will tell you what you need when you need to know it. Amen. And that's what Paul does here is Paul sees that there's trouble around the corner and he just simply tries to warn these men. But notice here, I see not only that the weather was dangerous, I see not only that the warning was divine, but in verse number 11 here, I see that their willingness was determined. As the Bible says that nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. You know what happens in this text here? Paul tries to give them a solemn warning and he tells them we need to stay put and we don't need to go anywhere else. But they talk to the master and the owner and the master that's with them of the, uh, that's sailing and the owner of the ship and they perceive or they come to the conclusion uh, that they're going to move forward and they're going to go on and they take the word of experience and the word of personality over the word of the man of God. You know, I've seen a lot of people do that in life. I've seen a lot of people do that as a pastor. 
I've seen people so bent on their will and so determined to do what they want. And I want to tell you, friend, our will, it can deceive us and get us in a lot of trouble. And friend, you can convince yourself that this is right. You can convince yourself this is the weaving the will of God and that God is even okay with it. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Because I've watched people live in sin and make statements like, well, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. Amen. There's no sin in this. God's okay with this. And I mean the Bible is full of that. And I've seen people step out in things that I knew in my mind God wasn't in that. Sometimes, uh, uh, listen, a man of God can see things that God will speak to his heart about. Not that he's anything special. Not that he walks on different plateau. But God has put him in that position uh, so that he can help and pray and give wise counsel when wise counsel is needed. It's not that he has all the answers for all of life's problems and questions, uh, but God will give him the wisdom he needs when he needs it uh, to help people along life's way. And Paul was that man that was on that boat, and Paul gave them the right counsel. Isn't that right? He gave them godly counsel. It was divine counsel. God was talking to Paul, and we'll see that here in just a few moments, uh, that the Lord was speaking to him. Paul was in the will of God, and Paul knew what God wanted, but nevertheless, they did. They took counsel from other people. Now, do you know something about verse 11 that I believe I can prove? I don't think the master nor the owner of the ship, Brother Terry, I don't think neither one of them wanted to bring any harm to the sailors or to the ship. Would y'all agree with that? I don't think that these people that they sought counsel from I don't think that they were trying to to go against Paul or the man of God. I think they were trying to give the best counsel that they could possibly give in the situations that they were in with the experience and the knowledge that they have. But what verse 11 proves is this, is that experience and personality does not take take the place of God's divine order that he sets in our lives. What I'm saying, Brother George, is this. Uh, uh, Listen, I don't know everything and I don't have the answers to everything but for whatever reason God has put you in this church and he's put you here under the authority of of the pastor and God has put me in your life you're older than I am and there's a lot of things that you know more about than what I do but when it comes to making a crucial decision in your life God has put a pastor in your life to give you some guidance some counsel uh, to give you some wisdom you say well preacher do you have all that no Uh, but I do know somebody that does uh, and I will go talk to them if you come and ask me something and I'll give you the best answer that I can as sensitive to the Holy Spirit as it may be. But if I don't feel like I have the answer at that moment, I will go seek the Lord. I will pray about it. I will ask God for wisdom. And I know God has many times. He will turn the light on. Amen. I'm preaching this morning on this subject. If they would have only listened to their preacher. If they would have only listened to their preacher. Do you realize that there's a lot of things in this text? Acts 27 is a very large chapter. There's 44 verses in this chapter. But there shouldn't have been. And when I say that, I'm not correcting the Bible. I'm saying the Holy Spirit put them 44 verses in there. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm saying is, had man done what God wanted him to do, God would not had to have written those verses in the Bible because the outcome would have been different. And I wonder how many chapters of our life have been added to. Samson's life should not have been the way that it was written. 
You see, because God is sovereign and because God is all-knowing and because God is providential, he never takes away the will of man. He gives man an opportunity to make the right choices in life. If man makes the wrong choices, that's the good thing about the Bible. It pins it down as it is. It tells it as it was. God does not tell just the good side of David's life. He tells the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen? God does not tell just about Peter preaching at Pentecost. He tells the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so it is with all of our lives. And if the Bible proves anything, it proves this, that good, godly men can get on the wrong course if they don't follow the divine order of counsel that God has placed in their life. You know, even as a pastor today, there are men that God put in my life who were leaders in my life that even to this day I seek their counsel. If they was to walk in this room and if they was to ask me to vacuum the floor, you know what I'd do? I'd go get a vacuum cleaner. You say, but you're the pastor of this church. I know, but I believe in God's divine order. I don't believe it's on intellect. I don't believe it's on uh, experience. I don't believe it's based on uh, a seniority. I believe it is based on the order that God puts us in in our life. And if only they would have listened to the preacher, they wouldn't have been in the mess they were in. There's a lot of things they could have escaped if only they would have listened to the preacher that was on board. Number one, if they would have listened to their preacher, they could have escaped the storm. As the Bible said in verse number 13, and when the south wind blew softly, can I tell you something, friend? The devil will let the winds blow softly in your life sometimes. I want to say to every young person here this morning, just because things are going good, if you go out there and the wind is blowing softly, that cool, gentle breeze, uh, oh, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Amen? That's why I like springtime, Brother Lamar. I like to go in there when the wind's blowing softly. I like to go outside, you know, and just uh, feel that cool, gentle breeze. Uh, hey, but just because the sun's shining and the wind's blowing softly, it doesn't mean there's not a storm brewing out there somewhere. Boy, I have watched people in the heyday of their life, in the heyday of their family, in the heyday of their ministry, in the heyday of when things were going just wonderful. I've seen it with pastors, evangelists, missionaries, church members, you have too. When things are going at their best, you better be careful. Amen. You better be careful. You see, the wind is blowing softly in verse number 13. And them supposing that they had obtained their person, uh, purpose, losing thence, uh, losing thence, they sailed close by Crete. I'm sure in verse number 13 that they probably, as they untied that ship and began to launch out, I'm sure they was trying to convince themselves and convince each other, hey, it's going to be a good day for sailing. I mean, it, this must be right. We, I mean, the master knows what he's talking about. The owner of the ship knows what he's talking about. We sought some wise wise counsel. They're wise people and all the conditions are right and the wind's blowing good and everything's going okay. It's not going to be bad. I mean, we're doing the right thing. I I know that Paul, I knew what Paul would say. Paul wouldn't want us to sail, but uh, listen, uh, uh, Paul doesn't know everything. Let Paul stick to preaching and let us stick to sailing. I mean, have you ever heard anything like that? Uh, uh, Brother Gravely doesn't really know uh, everything that he's talking about. Uh, He don't have all the answers. Uh, He knows about preaching, but he don't know everything for my life. No, I don't. But I know somebody who does. If only they'd have listened to their preacher. You say, what happened, preacher? If only they'd listened to their preacher, they would have escaped the storm. Friend, can I tell you the greatest storm of these men's life came when the sun was shining its brightest. 
the worst storm they ever went through, the worst storm that they ever sailed through came when conditions looked perfect. It came when they had all the support that they needed. It came when everything looked like it was just exactly the way it was supposed to be. But verse number 14, you ought to underline the early verses of verse number 14. The Bible says, but not long after there arose against it a temptuous wind called Eurocliding. I want to tell you something, friend. Not long after everything looks good, the storm comes. I've seen it. You've seen it many times. Everything's going right. And, I, and I, I believe this. I don't just believe it, but I've witnessed it. There, Listen, I, I, there are times that I have seen just like this morning, the message that I'm preaching right now. I've stood up in the pulpit to preach and I knew that God was sending a warning out. I knew that God was sending a message. I, I even sometimes know who it's for. Amen. I mean, you can't help sometimes. You just know uh, that God is trying to help somebody. You just know you're not trying to preach to them. You're just not preaching around them. Amen. I'm son God is just trying to get their attention and let them see that if you don't listen to your preacher, if you don't listen to what he's saying, listen, a storm is coming your way. There are people that even last year, I look back at things that God had me preaching and now I know on this particular Sunday and some Sundays I knew when I entered the pulpit, I knew God had already told me, hey, this I want you to preach this. It's for everybody, but it's really for this person. Pray for them. People don't believe stuff like that anymore, hardly. But I'm going to tell you, my life as a Christian has been salvaged so many times because the men of God that I were under walked with God and prayed in the Spirit. And somehow, some way, I mean, listen, I got saved at 13, never drank alcohol, never smoked a cigarette, listen, never gambled, never run around, and I thank God for that. Amen. Hey, young people, listen, I have no regrets in serving Jesus. I'm telling you, listen, that's the best. I'm not beating up on anybody that has, but I'm telling all you young people, I don't have the scars. I don't have the, the nightmares. I don't have the, I've got regrets, but I don't have those regrets. Uh, and I'm telling you, you'll do well to never touch that stuff. Amen. And I'm telling you every time, listen, I didn't get out and sin. Didn't want to get out and sin. I knew what sin. I've seen it firsthand. I know how it can destroy people's lives. I lived through some of that hell and I didn't want nothing to do with it after I got saved. So what I'm trying to say to you is uh, the struggles that I had many times we're not wanting to get out there and live in sin. I struggled sometimes just to find God's will for my life. And sometimes influences would come into my life and they weren't all bad influences. They were good influences. Sometimes I so desired to serve God that I thought, well, I'll go in this direction or I'll go in that direction. But thank God. Thank God for a preacher. Thank God for a man that would get up and preach. And he didn't care if I got upset. He didn't care if I didn't like it. He was going to preach what God told him to preach. If it hairlit the devil, he is going to preach it. And I'm telling you, there's so many times I think the devil, if he can't lure you off into sin, he just wants to distract you and get you over here doing a good thing but not a God thing. And I'm telling you, he wants to get you in the wrong area that you're not supposed to be in. And I thank God for men of God like Sammy Allen and Stenet Ballou and those brother Edgar Thomas. I'm talking about preachers, a brother that would skin your hide and would get right down in your face and preach to you when you needed it the most. I'm saying to that this morning, wonder how many people in this church you could avoid a storm if only you would listen to your preacher. 
They would have escaped the storm. I see secondly, not only would they have escaped the storms, but they would have escaped the shipwreck. Verse number 44 tells us, and the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, and so it came to pass that they escape all safe to land. Now, you know what Paul said to them in verse number in verse number 21? But after a long absence, notice this, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. You know what Paul says? You should have listened to your preacher. You should have took the counsel that I gave you. You should have listened to me. If only you would have listened to me. Hey, you know what? There's two kinds of people here this morning and I hope one of them's a very few minority. There are people here this morning that have a listening ear and they want to hear what God has to say and I'm just a mouthpiece this morning. That's all I am. I'm just a, a voice this morning. I'm just a mail carrier this morning. But what I'm saying this morning is not my words, it's the word of God. Isn't that right? It's coming just out of this text. But there are people here this morning that you want to hear from God. You want God to speak to your heart. You want God to say something to you. Amen. And then there are other people here this morning uh, that listen, your mind is already made up. You have already determined your will. And it really doesn't matter what I say. You're just going to go ahead and do it anyway. I'm going to preach to you anyway. You know why? Because when you go the way you want to go, and when everything blows all to pieces, just like it does in this text, if by chance, some way, you ever do come back, I want to be able to look at you with compassion and say, why didn't you listen? If you'd only listened, you could have escaped all these things. You realize you, can, you don't have to shipwreck your life this morning. They, Paul stands forth and says, there's not going to be any harm of any man's life but of the ship. They lost some precious cargo. They lost some things that took a lifetime to get. They lost the, the things that, 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 that God had given these men and blessed them and all, all their life was saved. But I'll tell you something, I don't want to come to the end of my life and just the only thing I have done is barely got by through life by the skin of my teeth. I don't want to sit down one day and say, well... At least we all made it. I mean, God wants more for you than just making it through life. Amen? God doesn't want you to shipwreck. God doesn't want you to tear everything all to pieces in life. You know, God gives you a life and he brings things in and he takes things out and he does that because he's a good God and he blesses us with things such as a family, as children, as a husband, as a wife. God gives us those things and God does not want us to tear that all to pieces in our life. But many times people do. And if only they would listen to their preacher, they could escape the shipwreck in life. I wonder what shipwreck awaits me out there tonight or this morning. You say, well, you're a pastor. That probably wouldn't happen to you, but it's happened to so many. I recently, a man that I had preached for, for for five years, and I'm in a great church, got a great Christian school, runs a camp meeting every year of about the, about 350 uh, people. He runs probably that many on Sunday morning. I don't know what he runs in his camp meeting, but I mean, just just a good man. I mean, I, no doubt loves God, and we have been we've been friends. We're still friends. I I sent him a message not too long ago, and I told him I said, brother, regardless of what's happened, I want you to know I'm still your friend. I still love you, and I'm still praying for you. And if you need something, I want and I mean that. If he, needed, if he needed something today, I would go help him. I mean that with all of my heart. But here's a man that had everything going for him. He shipwrecked his life. If only people would listen to their preacher. 
I've watched people, Brother Danny, I've preached to them. And I've watched some people sit there and it's almost like they, they didn't even hear what was said. And the message was for them. The message was, was for this moment, this time. It was for this place in their life. But they were so determined to do their will that it's like they never even heard God speak. The voice was going out. The message was being there. But they weren't listening. I'm telling you this morning, what every single one of us needs to do in this message, this pastor included this morning, and I promise you I already have, is take heed to what is being said because it's not me saying it. I believe God's divine order. I believe God is speaking. I believe God God is moving. I believe God has something He wants to say to every single one of us. And by the way, your counsel should always come from your pastor. You say, preacher, you, you know I've come to terms. There's things I used to not preach, Brother Charles, because I thought, well, if I preach this, people's going to say that. People's always going to say what they're going to say. And I've got an obligation to preach it. I've got to preach it because one day I'm not going to be here. And whoever follows me, they need to have the same liberty. I need to keep laying that foundation so that when I'm gone one day, and that'll be 100 years from now, so don't worry about that. Y'all will all be dead. I will have buried every one of y'all, okay? But I, when I buried the last one of y'all and I finally do retire, somebody's going to come along and all these buildings are built and we're out of debt and we don't have no burden. Somebody's going to have a good church to pastor, amen? But you got to keep laying a foundation. I can't bring a man, a man in and ask him to preach it. That's not right, is it? I'm just telling you, I'm nobody. You say, well, you're nobody special. No, but I'm God's man. And I don't wear that title boastfully. I don't wear it proudly. I'm telling you, I wear it humbly this morning, friend, because I know that's a great responsibility. There's great accountability that has been placed upon my shoulders. I will answer the judgment seat of Christ for everything that goes on in that choir, everything that goes on in these Sunday school classes, everything that goes on with every activity that happens around the church, every song that is sung. It is not something that I take lightly this morning. I've got to face God with it in eternity. It's not you that has to answer for it. It's me. And in that being the case this morning, I'm telling you that I love you enough this morning to say that you better listen to the man of God. Listen, Paul said you should have hearkened unto me. Listen, we can fill this church this morning with people who are no longer here, who have messed up and ruined their lives, who I love every single one of them. But if only they would have listened to their preacher. They, escaped, they could have escaped the shipwreck. They could have escaped the storm. Let me say this this morning. They could have escaped the soldiers. The Bible said in verse number 42, watch this, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners. Now, how would you like to be these men? You have not seen the sun, the moon, the stars in many days. All hope that you should be saved, the Bible said, was then taken away, was lost. And here you are, you have went through this storm, the man of God gets up. Thank God Paul had a word of encouragement in the midst of the storm. That's why you need to stay with a preacher. He will, God will give him a word of encouragement. You see, Paul wasn't like the rest of these men. These other men was out here wondering. These other men was thinking that all hope was lost. Well, why they was throwing the tackle over, saying, man, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. You know what Paul was doing? The Bible said in verse number 23, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee, all them that sail with thee. While the rest of those men was throwing tackle over, saying, we're gonna die, Paul was over there praying, 
walking in the Spirit. And my friend, the Lord Jesus Christ was with him just like he was with those Hebrew boys. Paul wasn't worried. He'd already got a word from heaven. Can I tell you why you need to listen to the man of God? It's because when you go through storms in life, God will give him a word. Amen. Paul had a word from heaven. He had some anchors. He had the word of God. He was in the will of God. Paul was worshiping God in the midst of the storm. And look what the Bible says in verse number number 25. Verse number 24. The latter part of verse 24, here's what the angel of God says to Paul. Lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You want to know why Paul told them boys in one other verse, in verse number 31, he said, except these abide in the ship, they cannot be saved. You know why that is? Because of what that angel told Paul. If you don't stay in the ship, if you don't stay with Paul, you're not going to be saved. You know why? Because God didn't, may not, listen, God, God may have, uh, listen, may have let the rest of them drown because uh, of their sinfulness, but Paul, but listen, God wasn't going to let Paul drown because God loved Paul. He loved them other men, but Paul was in his will. Those other other men was not in his will. And listen, God needed to get Paul to Caesar. And he said, I'll tell you what, Paul, give them an announcement and tell them if they'll stay in the ship, if they'll stay with you, I've got to get you to Caesar. You've got more work to be done. You're in the center of my will. And if you'll stay with me, with Paul, you can be saved. Amen. Do you know tonight or this morning, if you'll stay with the preacher, if you'll stay with the church, you can salvage your life. I'm telling you, my life, don't tell them where it would be at. When I got saved, I thank God for the day he saved me. But I'm going to tell you something. My preacher, as a a 13-year-old boy, he saw something. I don't know what he saw, but God had to speak to him. They ran that bus on Sunday. And I remember after I got saved, a few weeks after, my pastor came to me one day and he said, I think you need to start going to church on Sunday night and Wednesday nights. I said, okay. I said, but I don't have a ride to church. He said, I'll come by and pick you up on Sunday night, Wednesday night, you and your brother. He had an old Ford LTD, and he had a paper route. And in the back of that car, he had it stacked full of newspapers all the time. Now, it was back in the day when, you know, you didn't have all the laws, and everybody wasn't worried about everything like they are nowadays. You know what I'm saying? You can't even eat chicken without worrying about it, you know? Y'all with me? But he just come picked us up in that old Ford LTD, and he said, you boys crawl in the back there, and we crawled back on top of them newspapers. And he said, while we're going to church, he said, y'all rubber band them newspapers for me and, uh, and you can rubber band them on the way home. He said, I got to deliver papers tonight. And so me and my brother, we'd sit on them papers and we'd roll them up and we'd rubber band them. We'd drop them in the, you know, and drop them in the little plastic bag, you know. And uh, he'd tell me, he said, if y'all get so many of those done, he said, I mean, he's working as like slaves, you know. He said, if y'all get so many of those done, he said, I'll run through McDonald's and I'll get y'all an ice cream. Man, we thought McDonald's was big time, you know. I mean, we thought the golden arches was everything. And, uh, and so, man, we would just work as hard as we could. And I remember that. I remember for two years rolling uh, uh, rolling papers uh, uh, sitting in the back of that old Ford LTD uh, going to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Uh, uh, listen, you know why? Listen, he didn't need, uh, he needed those papers rolled, I guarantee you that. Uh, but I'll tell you one reason he did that because he saw something and he wanted to help us, amen, along the way. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. I got as saved as anybody could get. But I'm going to tell you something. Had he not done that, where would I be at today? Where would I be? You saw God would have worked something out. I, I don't know. What if I would have said, I'm not doing that. I'm not rolling papers. Roll your own papers. 
Ain't that what people think nowadays? I was raised in a generation that if somebody was older than you or they had authority that you didn't have, if they told you to do something, you ask no questions, you just do it, amen. Because if you didn't, somebody, I don't know if it would either be mom, dad, it'd be an aunt, an uncle, or it might even be them, somebody's gonna beat the daylights out of if you didn't. That's a, that was a good day, wasn't it? Y'all remember the day when if you got a paddling at school, you got a whipping at home, somebody say amen. And every teacher, listen, they told it a paddle in their back pocket with, with holes in it. And if you got paddled, you had your name on it. Y'all remember those days? I wish we had them days back. You went home and told your parents, you're just getting more whipping on top of that. I'm saying this morning, there's a lot of things in life you'll escape if you'll listen to the people God's put in your life. These men... These soldiers was going to kill every one of them. But notice what the Bible said in verse number 43. But the centurion willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose. I mean, here's these boys. They get through this shipwreck. And finally the soldiers pull out the sword and say, hey, let's, we can't let these prisoners go. Let's just kill them all right here. Nobody's even going to know anything. They'll drown in the sea. And the centurion, it, God, put it in his heart and said, no, let's don't do it today. We need to save Paul. And them old boys escaped the sword because they were with the man of God. And I'm telling you this morning, if only they would have listened to their preacher, they'd have never faced the sword to begin with. Now something happens in chapter 28. Paul goes, they get on the other side, they see these strangers, they're good to them, they're gathering wood. Paul goes and he's gathering some stick and guess what? A serpent comes out and he bites Paul. And when I first read that text a few years ago or when I read it a few years ago and it came to me, I thought to myself, why did that serpent bite Paul? I mean, why? I mean I'm going to tell you what. If I'd have been God, and I'm glad I'm not, I'd have, let, I'd have let that serpent bite one of them boys that didn't listen. I'd have let the person who said, no, we're not going to listen to the preacher. We're going to listen to, to the master and the owner of the ship. That's the one I would have sent the serpent after, wouldn't you? I mean, because everybody's in a mess because they didn't take the counsel that they'd been given. But you know what? The serpent fastens on Paul's hand and the Bible said Paul shook it off. You know, when I read that a few years ago, God spoke to me and said, hey, that was the mercy of God. Because had that snake bit with someone else, they would have died. But Paul was the only one in the will of God. He could shake that devil off. And can I tell you something? If you pastor a church and you, and you try to help people and you try to salvage people's lives, you mark it down, the devil is going to come after the preacher. Amen. Now, there's not a problem this morning. I'm just preaching the text. I don't want you to misunderstand. There's not anything that I know of brewing this morning. But then on the other side of that, I do feel like God, I tried three times this week. I said, Lord, I, I want to preach Luke 12, the poverty of riches. I want to preach to sinners. And see sinners get saved. That's, that's really what was my burden all week. And every time God said, no, you're going to Acts 27. Even last night I said, Lord, would you please let me preach Luke 12. I, I really want to preach to, to the lost people. You know what God spoke to me? And this, this, is, this, this encouraged me, Brother David. For nine months I've not preached the gospel that much in this church. That's never happened in eight, 19 years. For nine months I've preached on sin Finding the will of God, listening to the man of God. I've been hammering those things for nine months. God hadn't let me preach the gospel. That's bothered me. I've always preached the gospel on Sunday morning, hadn't I? 
You know why? Because I want people to know they can bring people on Sunday morning and they're going to hear a gospel message in some form or fashion. The Word of God is going to go out. People's going to have an opportunity to be saved. And the Lord spoke to me last night and He said, you preach this this morning and you can go back to preaching the gospel. I believe this morning God's sending a warning out. I believe this morning. I don't have to know the details. don't care to know them. But I know this morning like I know my name and I know I'm saved. I know the Holy Ghost. I said, that's what you need to preach this morning. Let me show you something. Brother Lady, come here a minute. Miss Kate, come here just a second. I know y'all don't like it to be used. I don't like to be used. I, illustrations make me nervous. Anybody get that way? Had a guy come one time. He said, I want to use an illustration. He said, I need water and bread. Can I use I said, no. <laughs> if he's going to use water and bread in church, I don't really, I'm not too care. I'm not too concerned about wanting to do that. Where are we going? Just right here. Okay. Hey, come here, no leader. Stand over there, Miss Kate. Now, I want to show you something this morning. Jonathan, come here in a second. You stand here. Matthew, you stand right there next to Jonathan. I want to show you something this morning. Just stand right there in the middle. Let's say you two need counsel on different issues. There's no doubt in my mind, I think you would agree with it, that this man knows more than I know. Amen? Now, he's going to tell you no, because that's the spirit he's got. And this lady would know more than what she would know. You know how I know that? They've lived longer than we have. Isn't that right? They got way more experience. There's things that, there's things that they could tell us about that I can't tell you. There's things they've been through that we have not been through. And you could come, Jonathan, you could come to him and you could talk and Brother Lady could give you some good godly counsel and I'm sure he would. I have no problem believing that. Same with you, Brother Matthew. Some lady could come and talk to Miss Cape. She would give good godly counsel. But I'm going to tell you about these two people, and they're two of just many sitting here this morning. Here's, here's how they would do. And I've not even talked to them, but this is what they would do. They would give you counsel to a point. You know what they're going to say after that? I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say because I know you've said it. You need to go talk to Miss Gravely. That's what, that's what she says. Now, here's what, here's what I would tell you, but you need to go talk to Miss Gravely. And where the laddie would say, well, here's what, I'll just pray with you, I'll pray for you, here's what, but now you need to go talk to the preacher. You know why they do that? Because they believe in God's divine order. They know they can give counsel to a point. But they know that there's a amount of wisdom. And I'm telling you this morning, I'm not building myself up because, hey, there's times I've looked people, you know what, there's times you've come to me and asked me, for, and he's old enough to be my father. And he looks good to be old enough to be my father. No. Do you want, there's times he's come to me and said, Preacher, what do you think about this? And we've talked about it. And I'll tell you sometimes, if I don't know the answer, I, and he'll tell you this, and many of you will, I'll just say, hey, I, I really don't know. That's above me. But I will pray for you. And I'll pray with you. And we'll seek God together. And we'll find God's will. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be this morning? Y'all can be seated. As, they, as she plays softly as we stand this morning. That's just what the Lord put on my heart today. I feel an enormous burden lifted off of me. And I don't even know why. Don't have to know. But I did God's will this morning. And I'm asking you, 
If God speaks to you, if He don't speak to you, that's fine. But if He speaks to your heart, you better listen to your preacher this morning. You better do what God speaks to you about. Oh, I'm nothing. I'll be the first to tell you that. But I try. I try the best I can. I don't ever want to preach to this congregation or any other congregation. I don't ever want to just preach to preach. I don't want to preach for a paycheck. God knows my heart this morning. If, if I don't have a burden, I'm going to start praying real hard, real fast, because there's something wrong. I don't, if, I don't want to just preach. I don't want to impress nobody. God knows that. I want to just be, all I want to do, I want to be at God's channel for whatever He wants to say to whoever He needs to say it to.